1: With your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the six man show. Today is April 6, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I am joined by my co host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what's going on, bro?
2: Well, Jonathan, I've got a uh a case of the kidney stone. So, I've been better to be quite honest. Um as you guys are listening to this, I'm I'm probably getting things taken care of right now. But I uh I'm happy because I'm getting this all taken care of before, you know, our our announcement to follow here, which I'm really excited about for Sunday.
1: I have no idea how to respond to that, so I'm going to blow right past it. As you guys are listening to this episode, this is episode 299. Yes, meaning our next episode is episode 300. We are going to be celebrating the end of the season. We're going to be celebrating episode 300. We're doing a special live broadcast. It's going to be an interactive live show where you all can be part of the show. So be on the lookout all across social media. We'll be tweeting and posting that link out on Sunday. Also, right as we go live, Uh, we're really looking to make this pretty big. So we're hoping that all of you guys will tune in. Luke. 300 episodes I don't remember exactly what episode did you come in at
2: before 100 um I know that I I don't know I want to I want to say it was in the 70s or 80s maybe before um but yeah so we've done well over 200 together already so it's wild that we're at 300 as the show that is nuts to me Well, it's certainly ramped up since we've gone
1: to twice a week. Like for a long time, it was just one episode, one week. So yeah, you came in almost two years into the pod, like just short of that. So yeah, probably somewhere around 100, I guess. And then yeah, like 300. To think that I've sat down and done this 300 times (laughs) over the course of the last four years in a couple months. Like it's crazy to say four years. Like I can't believe that we've been mm-hmm. doing this for four years, but uh, mm-hmm. obviously as we talk about the end of the season, uh, you know, just a big thank you to all of you because yeah, we're going to be at 300 the next yeah. episode.
2: And I did find Jonathan. I went all the way back on our YouTube. Uh, as many people know who listen to the audio platform or started listening to the YouTube at some point watching YouTube. We didn't always release our episodes on YouTube. The first, uh, we have a Dinwiddie Cup promo, Mm. and then the next episode after that, Jonathan, uh, that we posted, I believe, was Jonathan Isaac, the interview with Jonathan Isaac, the first one. That was episode 64.
1: Oh my goodness.
2: So and I was on before that. So it was I don't know, man. It had to be like well, fifty. So
1: actually, no, I started in the beginning of twenty nineteen. So mm-hmm. you started at the beginning of twenty twenty. So that makes like sense March-ish. that we were a little bit past fifty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah, I mean, you've been with me for three plus years now and two hundred and fifty, like, roughly episodes. Like, that's just pretty crazy. So yeah, been a lot of fun. Again, so that's gonna be Sunday night. We're gonna go live at about 8 30 the magic play at one obviously it's easter everybody's got a lot going on with families and whatnot so we're going to go live that night at 8 30 again we'll be posting the link everywhere so if you follow us on social media or if you don't already get on social media and follow us whether it's facebook twitter instagram wherever so that you're able to follow that link and you can join the interactive show it's going to be a lot of fun Mostly, it's just going to be talking about the end of the season and kind of breaking the season down and what it all means. But it's going to be a celebration, you know, of 300 episodes. We're going to share some of our favorite moments from the show so far. So be sure to tune in again. That's going to be Sunday night at 830 Eastern. Going to be a lot of fun, Luke. And then you know what else is going to be a lot of fun? The Draft Lottery Watch Party coming up on May 16th the night of the NBA draft lottery. We're going to be having another party at a to be determined location in downtown Orlando. So make sure that you mark May 16th. It is a Tuesday, mark your calendar, make sure that you don't have any plans that night because you're going to be hanging out with us and probably close to two, 300 other Orlando magic fans. So it's going to be a
2: a fun night, Luke. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, man. I, this si- this time of the year, I, I know that eventually we are going to shift towards the offseason, maybe not being as exciting because we're going to be you know, covering postseason runs, whatever it might be. But I'd be lying if I said I, I don't I, I, I might miss it. I might miss the 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 lottery watch party, the anticipation of it all. I know that it'll be substituted with incredible playoff watch parties, but there's going to be some nostalgia, I think, even like from even only being a year removed from the last one. I'm I'm really excited to uh, to do that, and obviously the thing on Sunday, our, our stream that we're going to be doing for the 300 episode. There, this is a it's a really exciting time for us as a show, and uh, I just hope that you know people will tune into that. They'll come to the watch party, and then obviously I'm sure on draft night, if it's at Amway, if they do a party there, who knows what that's going to look like draft night? I don't know how the Magic are going to approach that. There's just a lot of fun stuff that's going to happen this summer, um, and I think as, as a show. I'm I'm fully expecting us to have some tricks up our sleeves this off season with whether it's guests or whoever it might be, um, things can be a, a lot of fun.
1: Especially if we get the result that we want mm-hmm. this draft lottery last year is like forever going to be ingrained in my mind. I'll never forget that night as long as I live. It was so much fun. But like you said, you know we're we're going to talk about. Really, the 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 season being over for all intents and purposes for the Magic. You know, they have three games left, but now being eliminated from the postseason, things change a little bit. The way that you feel about these games changes a little bit. But this should be the last time for a long time that we are eliminated from the postseason before it begins. You know, mm-hmm. kind of. Uh, I guess is the message here. So let's go ahead and get into the state of the Magic. Just one game so far this week, the Magic are 0-1 on the week, which brings them to a record of 34-45. and 45. They now have the sixth worst record in the league. They are 13th in the Eastern Conference. And it doesn't really matter how many games back they are of anyone because they have been eliminated from the postseason. I guess maybe that's not entirely true because we still have to worry about lottery odds and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So let me go ahead and pull up the league standings here. So the Magic are... Tied with Washington right now, but Washington still holds that tiebreaker. The Magic are a half game up on the Indiana Pacers. They're one game up on the Portland Trailblazers, and they are two games back of the Utah Jazz, three games back of the Dallas Mavericks. So,
2: and the Wizards are going to lose tonight, so that'll change as well. Yeah, so the Magic will go from
1: having the sixth worst record in the league. They will then have the seventh worst record in the league. And at that point, Uh, The Magic are going to be somewhere, you know, 7th, 8th in terms of lottery odds. If you look at Tankathon right now, because of the tie between Washington, Indiana and Orlando, all of those odds are still kind of skewed. But over the next several days, as we get up to Sunday and the end of the season, all of that will become much more clear in terms of is there going to be a lottery tiebreaker and we'll have a better idea of odds and, and so on and so forth on the season the magic have an offensive rating of 111.9 which is good for 26th in the NBA they have a defensive rating of 113.6 which ranks 17th in the NBA their overall net rating is negative 1.7 which is good for 24th in the NBA just to add a little bit more context here in the 54 games since December 6 so after that 20 uh, that 5 and 20 start the Magic, in terms of offensive rating, have a 113.4, which is good for 23rd in the league. They have a 112.9 defensive rating, which is good for 7th in the league. And then the overall net rating, 0.5, is basically 16th, right smack dab in the middle of the league. So, and the Magic have a 29 and 24 record since that time. So, playing just about, a 29 and 25, excuse me. So playing a little bit over 500 basketball. As soon as this team got healthy, Luke, and I guess we can start this discussion now that the Magic have officially been eliminated from the postseason. Since this team got healthy, they've been a good basketball team. Maybe not great, far from bad. 29 and 25 since getting healthy. Three games to go. You have a chance to win a few more games there. The Magic are set to play the Cavaliers again on Sunday, who if we go through the injury report, are literally sitting like every player of consequence. Jared Allen is out. Darius Garland is out. Karis Levert is out. Mitchell, uh, Donovan Mitchell is out. Evan Mobley is out. Isaac Okoro is out. Like Their top, what is that, five, six guys there have all been ruled out for Thursday's game. With a victory on Thursday, the Magic can secure a winning home record this season. It'll be 21 and 20 at home on the season, Luke. But now that the season is over, like what is your eulogy of the magic's playing postseason hopes?
2: Yeah. I mean, also just to piggyback, you mentioned the home record, not to mention the away record improved vastly from what we were used to seeing at the beginning of the season in that five and 20 start, especially magic were one and 11 on the road. Since that point, the magic have gone thirteen and fourteen on the road, and then so the implication is that the magic, depending on how well they finish the season, can end up with you know the a very good road record if you were able to win out right you're like you said your your home record is above five hundred if you win and beat and win against Cleveland then if you win your game against Brooklyn and your game against Miami, both on the road, then if you take away that 1 and 11 start, you're over 500 on the road. This team made such incredible strides this season that it is very hard for me to be upset with missing the postseason because when the record was 5 and 20, I didn't think that we would be playing meaningful basketball come January. That was a lot of ground to make up. I definitely didn't think that they'd be playing meaningful basketball come March. So just the fact that this team just competed and competed and it really became the DNA of this team was super incredible to see that Mosley never faltered. This team never faltered. They only continued to support each other, have each other's back. Someone was always stepping up. There was never a time where it was like the whole team is trash. And we've had a lot of that in the past. After was, the 5-20 and 20 start. Correct. Correct. You have a bunch of dudes that are just stepping up night after night having a big game. Whether that's Markel. Whether that's Wendell. Whether it's Jalen Suggs did that a fair share. More than people probably want to give him credit for. Um, obviously, Paolo. Franz. Mo Wagner. Like, you had so many dudes that stepped up and had big games this year. Um, Cole Anthony. So, I mean, like just hats off to this team man they're young had a terrible start to the season and still being able to play meaningful basketball come the end of the year was more than impressive and i'm more than satisfied with how the season shook out as a result
1: it's definitely bittersweet because you just look back at that 5 and 20 start and you're like man even if even if you're like you know 12 and and 17 you know even if you're you're playing and and you're losing a lot of games you just can't lose like four out of five games, you know, for the first quarter plus of the season and then really expect to do anything in, in the postseason and make a run. And the fact that it took 79 games for the magic to finally be eliminated when we've been saying that the season is over for probably the last three weeks or probably close to a month, you know, you had to get off to a good start after the all-star break and the magic just quite frankly, didn't, you know, you come back from the all-star break, you have the the win over Detroit, which you barely beat Detroit, by the way, 108 to 106. And we were like, is this kind of a, an omen of, of things to come? Or was that just, oh, you know, you had nine days off kind of a, a weird game. And then the very next game, super important against the Indiana Pacers, like that meant something in the standings and you have a 13 point loss to the Pacers at home. And then you just kind of win one, you lose one, you win one. Then you have a three game losing streak at home to Portland, Milwaukee, Utah. You have the the big overtime win against the Heat, and then the West Coast Road Trip comes, and that really just like effectively, you know, ended the season. So, but to your point, for it to be April sixth, then we're sitting here talking about like the Magic have now just barely missed the play in. That was the 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 message from us back mm-hmm. to the the preseason, yeah. Luke. That if the Magic are competitive and they're playing meaningful games into March into April, if you have a chance to make the plan, that's a successful season. If you would have asked us back on December fifth, sitting there five and twenty, like what would you guys say if the Magic just barely missed the plan? There's no way I would have believed you that that was a possibility, the way that the team looked and the way that they were playing at that point. Mm-hmm. The fact that they stuck with it the entire way, like through the losing streak, kept telling each other, kept telling everyone, we're not that far away. Like we're right there. Like we're in these games. We're barely losing games. We're not that far away. And at the point, it's like, y'all just lost nine games in a row. What are you talking about? You're not that far away. You're one in 11 on the road you're 5-20, and 20. what do you mean you're not that far away? And sure enough, they follow up 5-20 and 20 with that six-game winning streak and then essentially have played 500 basketball since that win streak. And I couldn't be more proud of this team. When you look at the roster, like the makeup, the talent that we have on this team, when you even look a little bit deeper, when you look at the, the character of the guys that we have on this roster and on the bench coaching, Jamal Mosley, it's just a, a testament to resiliency that they've been talking about the last couple of days. And we went through a whole season last year, 22 wins, 60 losses. And all throughout the season, the one thing that we could point to is this team, they fight every single night. They don't give up on each other. They don't give up on Jamal Mosley and five and 20 when it could have been pretty easy to say, Hey, we suck again. Are we going to win more than 22 games? Who knows? Who knows? And just kind of hang your heads. And I don't know, you end up 5-30 and somehow. Who knows? Yeah. But the Magic fall all year long through each one of these games, even the last couple of weeks when it looked like they weren't going to have a chance to make the play-in. And now with three games to go, now you're finally out of it. I don't know how you don't look at this team and think that this season was an overwhelming success.
2: Yeah, and that's the kind of the where I'll leave it to is NBA University – um, shout out to my boy Steven Kagan had an incredible tweet he, he's a magic fan right and so he does push magic agenda when th- it is there and I really appreciate that that he's sharing that with his 80,000 followers but his tweet says this about the magic about their last 54 games that obviously we've been talking about he says the Orlando magic are 29 and 24 in their last 54 games that's a 45 win pace Paolo and Franz are playing winning ball as 610 ball handling primary scoring options at 20 and 21 years old. Fultz is blossoming. WCJ is awesome. Ton of other fun young guys. Likely two lotto picks. Lots of cap space. The future is bright. And I'm just happy to see that people were receiving that well and that people were talking about the, the core of the Magic and how bright the future is. That tweet got 1700 likes. There's a lot of eyeballs out there that weren't Magic fans liking that tweet. Forty-five win pace, that is what really resonates with me when you look at this, right? Obviously, teams have a couple, you know, games left in the season because you can't exactly pinpoint where that would put the magic, but you can guess that it'd be, you know, somewhere between six, seven, eight spot. That's a team figuring it out, right? Like they figured it out to that five and twenty start, but you have to believe that the team will be better next year. So not only can they be from start to finish. A team that is a 45 win type of team could they be a 48 to 50 win team next year i i don't know and i i I hope that they are and i think that the stats show it is a real possibility so that being said jonathan i can almost guarantee you i will be smashing the over win total for the magic no questions asked because i just know vegas as good as they are they're going to look at the season, the record, just like the year before. They're going to look at the record. They're going to look at the injuries as, like, you know, part of the reason this team can't stay healthy, whatever it is. If that win total is 35 over under, easy. If that win total is 38, easy. I'm taking it. And I'm not looking back. I think this team can make a lot of noise next year. I think everybody listening to the show right now probably shares the same sentiment. But it is awesome to see people noticing that now so we'll see what happens and we'll see how things shake out next year but this team the future is bright like NBA University noted and all of the stuff that we have going for us yeah man it's it's going next year is going to be absurdly fun
1: I know we're gonna have like a, a ton of time in the off season to talk about stuff like this I know we're gonna talk about it in the preseason leading up to next regular season as well but like just looking at the standings like you have the the Cavs 50 and 30 right now they seem like they're going to be mailing in the last few games here the Knicks sitting at 47 and 33 Brooklyn Nets 44 and 36 i think 45 46 wins should be the goal for the magic next year just like given the level of talent that we have given the additions that we should be able to make this offseason um i think it was Scott Skiles when he was here said it might have even been when he was first hired like it's easy to go from a 20 win team to a 30 win team mm-hmm. it's much harder to go from like a 30 win team to like a 40 50 win team mm-hmm. to make that like next step like it's easy to go from really really bad to not that bad but it's much harder to go from not that bad to like legitimately good mm-hmm. the magic are are somewhere in the middle right now like they're not bad like legitimately good I, I, I'm i not quite ready to say that. Like, if, if this season was 20 games more, I think we end up in the play-in one way or another. Right. The Magic, they're just continuing to figure things out. Yeah. But I'm right there with you. Like, 40 wins next year, to me, like, should be the floor. Like, if you have anything less than 40 wins next year, everything went wrong.
2: Yeah. Well, listen, man, before the season started, my prediction was fully healthy, this is a 38-win team that is what i stuck to from from middle of the off season till the season started that's what Do i stuck to you still feel with. like that is true If fully healthy this year this team easily eclipses 38 like they they get past 38 you see it 45 win pace let's say they have a couple losing streaks here and there they get 41 wins 40 wins whatever it is i feel vindicated quite honestly that i stuck with my what i thought was going to be the case of this team and people looked at it like i was probably crazy this team won 22 games the year before now you're going to say they're going to jump to 38 they're at 34 right now jonathan they have a real shot at ending the season with 37 wins despite a 5 and 20 start so yes i i am very happy with my my prediction of 38 wins and that's why i think next year there's another leap to be had you're on a 45 win pace you know obviously like we said but you're going to make improvements. This front office should be making improvements. What kind of pace are you going to be on next year? I think it could be electric. Like, I, I think that this team is going to be so much fun.
1: I can't allow myself to say <laughs> like 50 wins. Like 50 wins is like growing up. That was like the benchmark for a fantastic mm-hmm. team in the NBA. You were a 50 win team, unless you were playing in the Western Conference. You were making the playoffs every single year. And most of the time, you had home court advantages and 50 win team, at least in the Eastern Conference. Western Conference, a couple of years, you had like 50 win teams that missed the playoffs, if I remember correctly. Mm. Things are a little bit different now. The power dynamic of the NBA across the conferences is much more equal, in my opinion. But to go from 22 wins to like conservatively, let's say 35 wins, like the Magic end up picking up one more win. That's a 13 game improvement to go another 15 games in 1 year. I'm not there yet. Let like if if they do something crazy in free agency or you hit really high, you know, in the in the lottery and you end up with a Victor Wembanyama or a Scoot Henderson and one of those guys towards the top, maybe I'll feel a little bit differently, but I do feel like the this roster needs to look not totally different, but significantly different next year. If that's the kind of aspirations that we're going to have. Like we can't have any more of this, like we're relying on Moritz Wagner, you know, to be a, a great backup center, you know, every single night. Because just defensively, there's some matchups that don't really work in his favor. We can't depend on, you know, Chuma Okk, Goga Patazde. Like we like we need to have more surefire pieces. Throughout the rotation, I guess is what I'm trying to say. For sure. I think you need to improve the roster significantly this offseason to make that kind of leap again. But let's say you don't and this roster looks mostly the same. I'm sure you're gonna have a couple of pieces no matter what that are, you know, switched out. But if this roster and like the rotation looks mostly the same, like to me, this should still be like a forty five win team next year.
2: Yeah. There's no reason they don't add significant shooting talent this office there's there is zero excuse you have all the cap space in the world to just get respectable shooters that are going to benefit off Paolo franz and markel driving to the hoop we've seen what it can do and i just hope that this front office i hope that their benchmark is for the magic to win 42 games next year meaning they're over 500 that's that's what i hope so we'll see what they do man But I just, I, it is very hard for me not to think this team isn't over 500 next year.
1: Yeah, unless something goes incredibly wrong. I I really can't say that. I disagree. Jeff, what Manali says is it is an exciting day to be a Magic fan. And this legitimately is. It's weird because like, yes, you're eliminated. And I was super salty about it last night. Like I wanted nothing more for them to pull out that win over the Cavs. Especially when I look over and the Bulls are like getting blown out by the Hawks. And then Donovan Mitchell, we'll talk about the Cavs game in a second here, but Donovan Mitchell was just like, Y'all want to make the play in? Sorry, not happening this year. And I was, so I was devastated last night, but I woke up very encouraged today. Mm-hmm. Want to go ahead and give a quick shout out to the folks that help financially support the show and make each and every episode possible, our patrons you haven't heard already, we do have a Patreon community that you can join and help financially support the show for as little as $2 a month. Uh, Again, we have some other benefits as well that you can join uh, if you wish uh, to go a little bit further and help financially support the show a bit more. Uh, But we shout out our brand new patrons on every episode whenever we have them. We shout out our elite tier and Hall of Fame tier patrons on every single episode. So I'll start by shouting out. The court cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Norman, Magic player history, Julio, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, the distract, Donkey Punch, Dave, it's not OKK okay, to say Okiki, Pierre A, Migzor's nostalgia and M M's, Dylan Holden, Mister Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Danimal, Dotto Fifteen, Bobby Skinner, goaty Ninety Three, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Squealyn, T- uh, destined for greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time Mister TV, Joe Rothfuss. ESPN really sucks. Gear 95 Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Recon, shahin 177, Himlo, Ban Himro, R Prof 221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid 714, Let's Spank, Don't Tank, Soft Taco, Jesse, Johnny B, Fuego Nando, Phantom Wolf 72, Iris Magic, Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Bull Bull, his first name is his last name. And again, you can find us at patreon.com slash The Six Man Show. Luke, one of our patrons, Drew Gooden, was on episode 101. Was on episode 200. Mm-hmm. Now he is, uh, you know, jet setting, traveling the globe right now on vacation. Weren't able to get him for episode 300, but we wish we could have Drew. Wherever you are, we wish you were with us, and we hope you have a blast. And uh, we'll see you for 400, maybe.
0: Mm. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: All right, Luke, let's talk about this Cavs game, which was effectively the final nail in the coffin for the Orlando Magic's playoff hopes. So, first quarter, Cavs take a, an early lead, but the Magic have a big first quarter run to, to take the lead in the first. Um, and then, really, from that point on, this game was was pretty back and forth. In the fourth quarter, uh, the Cavs had a nine point lead. Magic go on a ten to nothing run to take a one point lead late in the fourth quarter. And from that point, it was legitimately the Donovan Mitchell show. I think it was about four and a half minutes to go in the game. Gary Harris was checked in, guarding Donovan Mitchell. And I'm I'm saying to myself, Jalen Suggs needs to be in this game and needs to this ge- close out this game on Donovan Mitchell. I think it was the next possession Jalen Suggs got subbed in. And then almost immediately at that point, they wanted no part of Jalen Suggs on Donovan Mitchell started Really hunting Wendell Carter Jr. in the high pick and roll and to pretty good results for them. But like the the last like four or five possessions, Jalen Suggs on Donovan Mitchell was giving Mitchell everything that he could handle. And it just absolutely did not matter. Donovan Mitchell just knocking down big shot after big shot. Magic not able to pull this one out and end up with a one thirteen to one seventeen loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Luke, what stood out to you?
2: I was going to piggyback off of what you were talking about, Jalen Suggs. That his defense was legitimately ridiculous on ball last night. Donovan Mitchell, did he make tough shots? Absolutely. But it says something to me that he had to work super hard to hit those tough shots, to even get those tough shots off. And that, you know, that that Jalen was able to defend and stay in front of him. This guy dropped 71. He, by all means of the word, he's a bucket getter. That's that's what Donovan Mitchell does. There's a reason he averages 28 a game. There's a reason he averaged 30 points a game against the Magic this year. He had 41 last night. He had, or 43 last night. He had 34 in December. And then by some miracle back in October, when he was probably still getting his, you know, getting his footing in Cleveland, he went 5 of 19 against you. And scored like 14 points. So Jalen Suggs is just an incredible defender. I I hope that he can continue to bring it on offensively and continue to improve. But it is hard to take him off the court when you have another guy on the other team that is just going off. You want to keep Jalen in the game because if there's any hope you have, it's to keep him in the game on Donovan Mitchell. This is a really tough game, man. And in my opinion, it's a very much a 50-50 game. This game could have gone either direction. And you can see that by just the way that the, the team stats are, you know, shook out. You both shoot 50% from the field. The Cavs shoot 5% better from three. Could have been the difference there. They go 15 of 31. The Magic go 10 of 23. So shockingly, you can pinpoint a loss the Magic lack of ability to, you know, Shoot a, threes at a volume. They shot them efficiently, but not necessarily at volume at all. Um, free throws, Magic 13 of 17, Cleveland the 18 of 20. The Magic out-rebound Cleveland by 17, 47 to 30. Um, assists about the same. Points in the paint, the Magic dominate it, 58 to 38. The just it, The difference here is Donovan Mitchell. That is the difference. It feels like by like, honestly looking at team stats for the most part, the Magic should have won this game. Checked all the boxes to the formula for Magic wins. Absolutely. Um, and it just boils down to that. That Cavs bench, by the way, is awful. That is legitimately terrible.
1: Except Carouselvert. Um,
2: LeVert. Except Karis LeVert. You got Ricky Rubio, and one And even he
1: isn't always great.
2: Right. Chetty Osman, who I thought there was more to him at one point, but now that the Cavs are actually decent, he's not getting much burn there. Um then you got Lamar Stevens last night, who was also not good. Like they, they have nobody but Carol Silver off the bench. They're I fear that they're gonna have some trouble come playoff time. Unless Donovan Mitchell's just playing forty eight minutes. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, this game could have gone either way. I was proud of the you know our guys for fighting till the very end. But in the end, at the end of the day, you got out talented by one guy, and it was Donovan Mitchell, and it's tough. He gets a lot of people, so it is what it is, man. Tough, but you know, of course, now tonight it, they're sitting at everybody. So, I thought it was really cool,
1: Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Suggs kind of yep. finding each other after the game, and and you could tell like Donovan Mitchell was very much giving Jalen his respect because Donovan Mitchell was just hitting fantastic shots over incredible defense. Mm -hmm. And he went over and I'm guessing, you know, in not in those exact words, but expressed that to Jalen, like Jalen is legitimately, it's, it's not maybe possibly like he absolutely is one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. And this kid is improving like week after week, people are talking about how like he's, you will regress offensively this season. Sure. He doesn't have the ball in his hands as much. And I think that's probably best for him right now. But if you look across the board, his shooting efficiencies from almost every spot on the floor are significantly improved this year, especially the three point percentage. Yeah. And when you put this kid in, in winning situations and ask him to make plays, all the kid does is make plays. Yeah. We saw it last night. The, you know, the, the magic, um, are, you know, the, the Cavs rather are bringing the ball up and it's like, wow, Donovan Mitchell is going to take over a score here and end the game. And then here comes Jalen Suggs stripping Donovan Mitchell of the ball and and going the other way, getting the team a a fast break layup. And then you still felt like the magic had hope. We saw this earlier in the season against the Golden State Warriors. We saw it against the Chicago Bulls, like just time after time, after time, this kid is put in a position and, and given the opportunity to make winning plays and, Not always on the offensive end, but defensively, like the kid is just continues to make plays. I I don't understand what some people don't see in Jalen Suggs because literally the only thing that is working against him right now is the field goal percentage and the three point percentage. Like he's getting good looks. He's getting to his spots whenever he wants. He's taking guys off the dribble. He's getting to the rim. The, The last piece for Jalen Suggs is just finishing plays. If he can finish plays, like, I I really don't see, like, what this kid's ceiling is. He can be as good as he wants if he can work on finishing plays. Like, we talked about this with Cole Anthony forever. Cole Anthony, like his, you know, inefficiencies or whatever, who has really completely turned those around the last, you know, 40, 50 games here. But what do we talk about? If Cole Anthony could become, like, a 45% shooter from the floor, and 37, 38% from the three-point line, he'd be fantastic. You do that for Jalen Suggs, you have an all-star, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. What he brings on the defensive end, a guy who can create his own shot with any of the other guys on this team, really. Now, do they go in at the same clip? No, but that's a discussion for another time. But if he starts finishing plays at an efficient clip, I just, like, the the ceiling is the roof for Jalen Suggs.
2: I'm not ready to say those efficiencies would yield being an all-star just because of the pecking order on this team. I don't think he gets to that More point. so just mean
1: that would be the, the the type of potential that he would have. Franz sure. Paolo are always going to have high usage rates. Those guys are going to get close to 20 field goal attempts a game. Unless you bring in a guy at the top of this draft, that will most likely be the case moving forward. Will he ever have the numbers? Unless the Magic are like a 55-60 win team, and they do the thing where they're just kind of handing out all-star nominations to the entire starting lineup like we've seen in the past, most likely will not happen. I was more so trying to make the point that yeah. he could be that kind of player.
2: I And I think that I'll I'll piggyback there off of those efficiencies. Essentially, you said 38% from, the, from three, 45% from the field. And and the defense that you get already from him, which is going to continue to improve as he reaches his prime, you have a starting two guard on a championship caliber team it doesn't mean he's an all-star that's facts but it means that he is a legitimate shooting guard that is not a liability if he is able to reach those efficiencies i think with the jump that he showed listen there's going to come an episode that we have this off season where we look at since this is such a young team i'm sure there will be an episode where we look at okay what did they do last year what did they do this year Where did we see improvement? Where did we see maybe some ways that they can still improve? The Jalen Suggs segment is going to be one of my favorite because he has had such an incredible second year compared to his first. He went from not really having me on the Jalen Suggs train to me being willing. That's an understatement. Not having me at all. There (laughs) we go. I just, but he has won me over this season. And I think that's what he obviously is setting out to do is just be who he knows he can be as a player. And I think that maybe, you know, he plays only 23 minutes, 24 minutes this year, instead of 27, like last year, he shoots a few less field goal attempts a game. He shoots 0.4 threes less a game. I think that is fine for him. And if he can get to the point where he is doing and hitting those benchmarks of, of efficiency, We're only talking three percentage points about more on that field goal percentage. He's at 42. The big one is the three for a second. year
1: guard is not bad at all.
2: No, of course not. And especially considering last year where it's felt like I felt like this dude is never going to get it offensively. And he's shot his three point percentage up 10 full points over that 10.1. So if he can continue to improve and he can get his three-point shooting up, I don't even need volume to increase. I just need efficiencies to be there night in and night out and be an incredible defender. There are plenty of guys in the league that have made a living in the starting lineup, not being a first, second, or third option on the offensive end, but being the guy that is put on the star players of the other team, and they make a great living doing it. And they are on championship type teams. So I know Jalen Suggs could eventually be that guy for this team, but he has got to up those efficiencies and you got to basically assure you assure yourselves that you have shooters in the other two spots on the floor too. There's a lot of caveats. So we'll see. But, but yeah, I think that Jalen Suggs is a really bright future and the people that don't want to see it just don't want to see it. That's all there is to it.
1: Well, I don't have Stat Muse up in front of me. I don't know if you, you're you able yeah. to to pull that up while I go through this like little tangent, but for like a solid stretch now, Jalen Suggs has been shooting like upper 30s percent from the three-point line. Like, mm. Sure, he's 31% or whatever it is on the year, but like the last 25, 30 games, the kid is shooting where you want him to be from the three-point line. And to your point, we're talking about a guy who most likely on this team would be like the fourth or fifth offensive option in the starting mm-hmm. lineup but the thing that is so exciting to me about Jalen Suggs is that you talk about some of these other guys on you know championship caliber teams like maybe like uh, Andre Iguodala right like a championship caliber starter in his prime who is for the most part asked to just guard the other team's best player yeah the element about Jalen Suggs that again is so exciting to me is his ability to create his own shot if he can continue to evolve as a playmaker and as a passer and as a shooter with his strength and size I I just you, you can't have enough competent ball handlers on a playoff team. Like we see it every single year, a team shortcoming is not having enough guys who can create their own offense. The more guys that you can have like that, Like if we right now, if we put Jalen Suggs into the starting lineup with Markel, with Paolo, with Franz, with Wendell, that's four guys who, and again, Jalen does need to tighten the handle up a bit, but he's much improved compared to last year in that regard. If he can tighten it up a little bit, now you have four guys in your starting lineup who at times can go and create their own shot, which is invaluable in today's NBA, especially as you get into the playoffs and the game slows down to half-court offense. You need multiple shot creators. What really killed us, what really impressed me in the 2019 first-round playoff series against Toronto wasn't necessarily like Kawhi Leonard. It was they could go to Pascal Siakam. They could go to Kyle Lowry. Norm Powell could come in off the bench and, and make his own plays. They had Fred Van Vliet. Like you had all of these guys who you could give the ball to and say, hey, go make something happen on offense. And that was really the biggest difference in that series. Yes, they had a guy like Kawhi Leonard, but the guy, the, the Magic had like two or three guys that could do that on the entire team. You had DJ yeah. Augustine, you had Evan Fournier, like you had Vooch who I guess throwing it down to him in the post and him creating offense like that was a, an element of the offense. But you didn't have really any other guys who could go out and create their own shot. And that's one of the things about Jalen Suggs that excites me so much. If you could not tell, I could sit here and talk all day about Jalen Suggs, but do you have those shooting, like those recent shooting numbers?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the last 25 games, uh, Jalen has shot three-and-a-half threes, which is pretty much in line with what he has for the season. He's like 3.7, 3.8, or something like that. Um, In the last 25 games on three-and-a-half attempts, 36.8% from three in 25 games. So you're looking at uh, pretty much a quarter, third of the season little under that that he's able to put together that 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 sample size there for you and um field goal eight eight and a half a game 43.6 percent, so we are dangerously close to 45 and 38 splits and that's what you need and i i think i think you can get it from him next year in a larger sample size so yeah there like you said the ceiling is in fact the roof For Jalen sucks.
1: Yeah, it seems like his efficiencies have have come down a little bit recently. I'm looking at his like last five games here shooting 35% from the three point line. But again, we're talking about a guy who shot 21% from behind the arc last year. It's nothing short of a miracle. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry.
2: I said hard to watch offensively last year. Going from that to this year was night and day.
1: Yeah, so it's it's nothing short of a miracle, like the the shooting efficiency improvement that he's had this year, and he didn't even have a, a like a healthy offseason at all last year. Was rehabbing the ankle for most of the offseason. So let's get Jalen Suggs through the last three games here, get him healthy, and get him in a, a gym and just shoot, shoot, shoot all offseason long, and we'll let's see what he looks like, it, you know, come the end of September for training camp here. Speaking of waiting until next training camp, even a little bit further than that, after the next three games here, we're going to have to wait to be able to use that Papa John's Magic Win code, which right now, folks, don't forget, every day following Magic Victories, you can get 50% off your online order from Papa John's with code Win. Three games left in the season. If the Magic win, you got to use that because we're not going to be able to use that code for quite some time. All right, Luke, as we've talked about NBA draft, NBA draft lottery, let's shift our attention here to Tankathon. Mm. So I don't even know that it's really worth going through a lot of these percentages here right now. Washington, Indiana, Orlando, all tied with a 31.9% chance of jumping into the top four, a 7.5% chance of ending up number one overall. But again, that's really not how it's going to work. There's going to be tiebreakers that the league would run. In the instance that Washington, Indiana, and Orlando are all tied in terms of record at the end of the season. However, I'm still going to go ahead and sim the lottery here one time and the Magic end up with the second pick in the draft and the 12th pick in the draft uh, getting in, in that Bulls pick conveying. I will take that all day, Luke. Mm. I'm starting to get a little bit nervous here. We've had a lot of tankathon luck oh. in the early goings here. Oh, like more often man. than not, we're jumping into the top four. That was not the case last year. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked if we were going to wear the same thing to this year's draft lottery watch party. And I'm not superstitious. I'm a little bit mm-hmm. stitious, though. Mm-hmm. I have been thinking, am I going to wear the same thing, which was my uh, Orlando Magic Shaq jersey, like the champion jersey, like the vintage retro jersey. because so I wore it because he was the first number one overall pick you know, in Orlando Magic history. I wore it for good luck. Part of me wants to keep the tradition and wear the Paolo this mm. time because you know he brought us good luck last year and maybe that will carry forward. But yeah, I would take two and twelve all day.
2: Yeah, and to answer kind of that question too, last year I I didn't I don't have a Shaq um or Dwight or like I don't have any number one picks, right? But so I wore simply a number one that I did have, which was Jonathan Isaac. I might just have to do it again for the sake of it being what I wore last year. I want to get as good results as possible. A little stitious, as you said, Um, there is one thing, Jonathan, that I wanted to address kind of my opinion. Now of that bulls pick there is, as it stands with them at the 12th spot, basically there's an 8% chance to jump into the top four. That is the number we want to avoid. We don't want a top four pick from them. So right now they're at twelve. Is it really the end of the world if they are 15th? They're out of the lottery and we get the 15th pick solidified. We don't have to worry about it on lottery night jumping. We just know for a fact we are getting at the 15th pick in the NBA draft. I think I'm all on board with it. I don't want any chances. We had a fourteen percent chance of getting the number one pick last year. We got it. If they have an eight percent chance to get in the top one i don't I don't know if I want any or to get in the top four. I don't know if I want to mess with it i'd re- I, I think I might start rooting for the bulls. Am I crazy?
1: Yes and no. What I would say is. Really, the worst-case scenario is what just happened to me. I re the lottery, and Chicago got the number one overall pick. The, so that would be worst-case scenario. That
2: is what I'm but saying. But what I
1: will say is I am kind of to the point where like, I'm willing to play with fire a little bit. You have for, a for mostly a picks, good chance that you're not going to get burned. Yes.
2: For, for the Absolutely, yes. If it's the difference
1: between getting Grady Dick in a Magic jersey and oh not, I gosh. am willing to take that risk.
2: <sighs> i've got to say it's such a crap shoot and if someone is going to if someone is, is going to mail shoot. a 15th pick it's jeff and john
1: but if you were told like hey like you have a 92 percent chance like of this happening you're gonna feel pretty good about that of course and but what about 100 help but think about the reaction at the draft lottery watch party when like the 11th pick comes up and with the 11th pick The Chicago Bulls, and then everybody goes crazy because we kept the pick, and then we just just continue the buildup. That's
2: fine, but dude, what if they're not there? Oh, I'd be sick. Be really sad. I'd be so sick. I just would. I think I'm going to take the conservative approach here, and I'm just gonna. I'm cool with 15. I'm not going to be greedy. I don't want to get screwed. I just want two picks because what if Jeff and John are just wanting to trade off of it?
1: The absolute worst thing that could happen is if four teams jump into the top 4 over the Magic and the Magic don't get the Bulls pick and they end up with the 12th pick. That is the worst possible scenario currently.
2: Oh yeah, you're screwed. So That would
1: a- be an absolute disaster. Now that is incredibly unlikely. Like the Magic were more likely last week to make Brighter the play than they would of of that happening to them. That would That would put me in a dark place, I think.
2: For sure. Just bulls. On the
1: other hand, though, I think I would be okay because I would remember, oh, yeah, we have Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner on our team. Mm. I just keep going back to that theory. We talked about it last week. If you have a guy who can be a top 10, 15 player in the league and you have another guy on your team who's capable of being an all-star, that's enough to win a championship. You have to build the right team around them but we have two guys that I am totally confident are going to be studs for the next ten years.
2: Hmm. I'm. I gotta stick with the Bulls' fifteenth pick thing. I got that's to. That's just man. gross. That, that's is what it is, man. We've it, they've screwed us. That's they're, they're not that's giving low us key a good pick. cowardice. They're not giving us roll a good the pick. dice. No.
1: Let let the boys hang out, man. Roll the dice. No. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. All right. Looking ahead, three games left on the docket. Thursday at home versus Cleveland. It's fan appreciation night. If you're in the area, make sure to be at that game at Amway. It's going to be the final home game of the season. The Magic have a really good chance here of ending up the the season with a winning home record, which would be the first time since 2020, which was the COVID-shortened season where the Magic went 18-17. and But then the year before that, the 2018, 2019 season, I think they went twenty-five and sixteen at home, which to be quite frankly, I forgot that the home record was quite that good. I remember they were fantastic at home, especially like the last you know half of the season. But yeah, 25 and 16. What I would do for that again at home. Uh, but yeah, big game at home on Thursday versus the Cavs. Then the Magic hit the road. Two game road trip to end the year at Brooklyn on Friday. That game will tip off at 7 30 Eastern. And then on Easter Sunday at Miami, that game is going to tip off at one o'clock, Luke. Yeah. And then the season's over.
2: Season The season has flown over. by, man. Really has. Really has. Well, the five and twenty start did not fly by. Let's get that straight. The rest of it did, in fact, fly by. And people can recap the season with us on Sunday night. With our live stream, Jonathan, where we've already talked about it and we don't think we're going to spend too much time unless something crazy happens talking about anything in these last few games. Um, so that being said, don't feel like you're coming into a bunch of just recaps of games that maybe you don't care about. We're going to be doing a whole lot more than just doing that if we even really harp on those games. So uh, I hope you guys will absolutely tune into that with us there on Sunday night. What would we say? 830.
1: 830. It's going to be the, the
2: squidward
1: future future mean, personified. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to be talking about really breaking down the entire big picture of the season, but really just looking to the future. I feel like it's cliché, but like the future like is incredibly bright for this team. Like when I just sit down and and think about the pieces that we already have and like sometimes you only have two guys and that's like all you have to work with. The magic have so much more than that and mm-hmm. just really excited to see how this team continues to evolve in the off season. So yeah, like Luke said, that's going to be Sunday at 8 30 PM Eastern time. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media accounts. So you can get that link when we send that out. Uh, but it's going to be an interactive live show. You guys will be able to be part of the show. So make mm-hmm. sure that you come and join us for that. It's going to be a ton of fun, but Luke, I think we're going to wrap this one up.
2: Yeah. I just wanted to add one more thing, Jonathan, for those of you who are like, man, I've got Easter plans. I can't tune in on Sunday night. Do not fear. We will have it put in episode form for you. Yes. Whether that be YouTube or audio, that will be up as our normal episodes release um, on Monday morning. You will see that you know in your library subscription, whatever it is, there how you ever you listen to us or watch us. So, just wanted to kind of add that for those of you that are you know frantic about maybe having plans. Don't worry, we'll we'll have the episode out on Monday.
1: Yep. So, hope you guys all have a happy Easter. Three games left, and then episode 300. Make sure that you come and hang out with us. That's going to do it for this episode. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys have been listening to The Sixth Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Let's go Magic! Let's go
3: Magic! Let's go Magic! It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust.